0: All right, welcome to another episode of the eSports Next Podcast. It is my pleasure, along with my lovely co-host, the founder of the eSports Trade Association, Megan Van Petten, to welcome my fellow Sac State Hornet, Mr. Gordon
1: Hinkle. Fingers Stingers up. up, my friend. <laughs> of course, my finger's a little crooked from bro- in broke- <laughs> football. but You've been yeah. doing it too
0: much? <laughs> your finger's tired? You, yeah. you
1: gotta hold it up. Yeah, take note of Sac State. I'm, I'm doing it so much, it's crooked now. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, just for the non-Sac
0: State alum on the call, that's apparently what we do. Stingers up, because we're horrible. I
2: didn't know that. That's As so cool. Oh. Yeah.
0: That's right. You're not supposed to do it curved like Gordon's weird. Yeah, I'll my left there, go. there we go. Yeah, do it with <laughs> that. <laughs> left uh, Gordon, we are, uh, feel so privileged to have you to be one of our valued members at the Esports Trade Association. And I think it was uh, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, that we met actually at Esports Next. And this year you were the recipient of the Social Impact Award due to the amazing work you do with uh, College Esports International. Um, tell us a little bit about the work that you guys do at CESI.
1: Well, thank you. Well, thank you again for the award to ES- ESTA. Uh, our our uh, membership with ESTA has meant everything to our company as a new as a new kind of baby company, like taking off in eSports, that like getting the resources and the networking and the friendships we make through ESTA is huge for us. So thank you for that. But to answer your question, we we do a lot of engagements with colleges, universities, even high school students around the, the nation uh, to help promote their eSports activities, clubs, whether that means uh, helping them find fundraising opportunity to boost their own on-campus activities, or even to provide them resources that they don't have or can't get on their own, uh, we step in and kind of be a conduit, a a help agent to the school. So everything from scholarships uh, to to really the bigger picture issues that we talk about, which are career pathways through esports, because being a multi-billion dollar industry, even if you're not the greatest player, There's a place for everybody in that ecosystem of esports. You guys like me, like I I play a lot, (laughs) but I suck. (laughs) um, That uh, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's pretty common for us mere mortals off the stage who love to work in the space, but not be winning competitions on the stage
1: for sure. Right. So most of our events and tournaments and activities will engage with Fortune 500 companies or tech companies or whether it's broadcasting or digital marketing or logistics. I mean, there's so many different pieces that are fascinating. And uh, we we share all those with the students. And a lot of times they, they're blown away themselves because they love the games. They show up to our event thinking they're just going to play a game, but they leave with an idea of where they want to go to school or what they want to do for a career. They make contacts, connections that are... Are bigger than just the game itself, but it's also the relationships.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we see high school and college esports is booming now, right? I believe high school is probably the fastest growing aspect of the space, and so I'm sure you're talking to a lot of parents. Yeah. What is the response to these parents when you're encouraging their kids to play video games more?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the,
0: the
1: first thing they usually say is, "You can make money." playing video games (laughs) and our answer is yeah not only can you make money um if you're really good but your kid could get a scholarship and just help fund their education when they hear that their ears perk up because they're like what so so i guess i shouldn't tell my kid not to waste his time playing video games he could actually you know he or she could actually get like support going to going to college yeah yeah definitely and not only that but you know even more so the thing that's rewarding to me being in this industry is that when you see uh, young people who don't necessarily have a place to fit in, They maybe they're not a football player or basketball player, but they're looking for. They have that competitive drive. They want to be part of something. They can join an esports team or club, and even if they're not the best player, they can find a, a support role oftentimes, and they they're welcomed into those groups on almost every campus. Like some of the colleges we work with have five hundred to a thousand students involved in their esports programs, and it's it blows yeah. my mind. It's it's incredible.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's not always, are you part of the competitive team? A lot of times on these campuses, it's you're part of the club with you're meeting other like-minded individuals in person and having opportunities to get together uh, where otherwise you may not, because what you do is not has not formed a club or a team like traditional sports and other.
1: Yeah. Even, even like at our own alma mater, like we um, we've met individuals who played on the team and they weren't necessarily the best player, but they found out that hey, I actually am really good at coaching, even though I'm not the be- the best player. But I know kind of what the strategy should be, and they find themselves in a leadership role because they're now coaching. They played enough to understand the 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 strategy behind the game, and they're able to tell and help orchestrate better players than maybe themselves. And so they end up being coaches of their peers, you know. And so that that those kind of relationships are are very common. Um, then you get like uh, individuals who are really into videography or broadcasting. And and they show up to every event just to be part of the broadcasting team or to be part of the IT team or the setup team. And it's really just encouraging to see how everybody kind of finds their place quickly within the environment and they know where they like to jump in and and take part. So that's very rewarding. And then we we talk about all those skills and how now do you apply all those skills you're learning into a potential for a job? With some of the biggest companies in the world, right. whether it's LG or ViewSonic or or who, whoever it might be, um, th- those opportunities are usually exist through a lot of our sponsors at our event. They're coming in and they're looking to be engaged with the esports communities, and and we we do a lot of internships with pro teams, with tech companies. Uh, those are very fun engagements, and that's that's where we thrive at CESI.
2: Yeah, speaking of sponsorship. Um, if I could think of one person that's a rock star at it, you're very humble, a very likable, great guy. I've known you many years. Been to several of your events. As a matter of fact, this is long-winded. When I was in Las Vegas, I've never been to more events than with you. To meet more people that bridged with that one trip. I mean, we we were at like four different places in one day.
0: Oh
1: yeah.
2: That that totally overlapped. In is, the strangest ways, and then landed in a dinner together.
1: Yeah, I have I have to say I, I give a lot of that credit to my co-founder and partner Margaret Wong, uh, who kind of helped us you know launch CESI because she's an international businesswoman. She is, you know has so many amazing connections, and we're very lucky at CESI to have that kind of leadership. Yeah, but Margaret brings to the table just amazing relationships and friendships for us. And then, you know, she and I have been working together uh, on different levels for the past 13, 15 years. So uh we we really have this really unique dynamic where we have a lot of educational partners, a lot of tech partners, a lot of global strategic partners. That's why we have the I in CESI for internationals because we do have uh teams all over the all over the globe. Uh, we have our own teams in Shanghai that we can lean on for Asia. Markets. We have partners in the Netherlands, we have partners in South America, Canada, so we we truly have a footprint in in multiple countries, and we are really heavily focused on our US activity as a new company, but we're looking to expand our relationships to grow globally for a lot of the opportunities we're seeing internationally as well.
2: That's That's incredible. It really Um, is.
0: And if you could just bring me back to eat at that restaurant she owns in Sacramento again, um, (laughs) I'll be your friend.
1: Yes, a little plug for a couple of our restaurant partners. Actually, there's three Uh, Yu Huang in Sacramento, which is uh, a Michelin rated uh, dim sum restaurant. We have Mm -hmm. Empress M in Napa, uh, which is another partner, which we're doing an event this Thursday. So if you want to come out to Napa, anybody, uh, just shoot me a note. And then we have locally in Sacramento, Rock and Soul Diner. Which houses our esports lounge in downtown Sacramento on 10th and S Street. And Rock and Soul has awesome diner food, uh, comfort foods. Uh, it's just a fantastic restaurant.
0: Looks like we're going back to Sacramento, MVP. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I had
2: dim sum with uh, with Gordon and Margaret in Vegas.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's it's a famous awesome. restaurant, by the way, too. I, they have one in Shanghai, in the Shintin famous like food area.
2: Yeah, it was wonderful.
0: Well, um, speaking of those restaurants in Sacramento, the reason why I had the opportunity to go eat there with you guys, you guys were so kind to invite me out to the yes. California
1: State Fair. Oh, no, thank you for coming, John. You did an amazing, amazing job.
2: He really yeah. does. I think it's, I, and I know you're mid-sentence, John. I have to just say, though, he's in his element when he's at an event doing broadcasting.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, well, so everybody knows we were doing the State Fair competition, and John did interviews for all our special guests who were there. We had professional Call of Duty players, and we had DJs, and we had uh, featured um, public, you know, influencers for NRG. Um, so a lot of fun uh, engagements. And John was there to cover it all for us and and put a, put together a lot of great material. So thank you for that. I I saw your postings on LinkedIn. They're they're pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. There's more coming. I know. I just saw one like
2: yesterday and I was like, odd layers are still coming. Awesome. He's just curating in the middle of the night, weekend.
0: (laughs) Getting up early, drinking this coffee. Um, well, I thought it was so cool and so culturally relevant that you had such a impactful footprint there at the California State Fair. Yeah. Right. I think everybody has been to a state fair wherever you live in Texas. Like you might want to bring the tums with you because everything <laughs> is fried. Um, things that shouldn't be fried are fried multiple times. Um, and That's you know,
2: extra oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, you've got you've got concerts. You've got um, in, in Sacramento they've got the whole agriculture area with the animals and horses and sheep, all these things going on. And then you've got a huge esports space. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Um, shout out to Cal Expo for, you know, either having the vision or hearing the vision, possibly from you, Gordon, of, hey, you should have this here. But um, just share a little bit about bringing such a culturally relevant and innovative, you know, piece of entertainment into something that is pretty legacy, you know. Yeah. Completely well, yeah, no, it's a great. But I
1: grew up going to Cal Expo, and being from Sacramento, like you, John, um, as a kid, I went every year with my friends, um, and we would go, you know, ride all the rides and see all the different activities going on the concerts. So this year was no different. In fact, even though it's it's always seemed to be the hottest time of year, unfortunately, but the the concerts were amazing. You had Boys to Men, Leanne Rimes, like a lot of yeah. a lot of big time stars were coming through on the stage. And so the Isley brothers, like just a lot of well-known artists. So you get that environment as one piece of it. And historically, you're right. It's always, you know, all the 4-H and the, the animals, which is great. But I think what Calixpo deserves a lot of credit for is bringing the fair into the modern age, which is mm-hmm. competition for for esports, kind of like brings a whole different look to the fair and and a newer generation that maybe is not as engaged in the the agriculture or the farming, which which I love because those are my people, you know, yeah. Central Valley. A lot of our our friends are from there. Um and Where I'm so, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout uh, you, out Ridley, California. You've never heard of it, but it's there. <laughs> I, I know Ridley very well, and so we you get you get this great mix of now you got all the traditional stuff, but now you're adding components that are something new and exciting for younger generations. Well, even for for us, you know, who played video games when we were growing up. Like I get excited just seeing the that you're actually putting together a formal tournament and activity for people to to engage in and then be recognized like with the big fair ribbons and the trophies that are traditionally you know for those oh, yeah. for historical pieces of the fair, we're adding adding a new element and kind of bringing it into the twenty first century. and Calixpo did a great job of that this year. They yeah. sure do.
2: It's so exciting you could do this now for any fair across the nation or the world per se yeah, and true. why wouldn't you? I mean, you can make your pies, you can have your hot dog eating contests mm-hmm. and having and and you know have your game experience
1: exactly and and I think that a lot of the fairs are realizing that they got to add something new that brings it into you know the modern age and and eSports are it. Yeah, eSports are hot. so mm-hmm. yeah it's a growing industry and uh it was a huge success for us to to do this at the state fair and we're already planning for next year can't wait to see how we can improve on it we learned a lot from what we've done uh just in this this last year's uh, bear cup event is what we call it for the state of california our, our flag is the bear that's why it's called the bear cup so for those who don't know the the tie-in to the bear cup that's it
2: i did not know the tie-in to the bear cup and the bear cup so- our
1: state flag is a bear
2: and- ah, California State flags a bear. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So with that,
1: with that um kind of background, uh, we, we we're seeing this kind of engagement um and interest from other states now because of the success. We had 30 teams from around the state coming in to compete. Most of them were college universities, but we also had two high schools and a middle school that actually took second in the Super Smash Bros. competition. So middle schoolers won twelve hundred dollars competing at the state fair uh so so it was was incredible just to just to see the engagement they got to play against the college team and and even though they couldn't couldn't win the whole thing they got to be on that stage and it generated a lot of excitement in the community because they're like a middle school took second like what we want to we want to participate next year so i'm already getting calls from high schools and middle schools saying how do we get involved next year so i have a feeling it's going to be even even bigger next year so we're excited
0: Well, and one thing that I took away, and it was really from interviewing you, Gordon, as I was asking you questions and learning more about exactly what you were doing and how you were doing it is, you know, it's so important for especially these legacy events to innovate, right? Because years and years ago, like little Johnny was all about going to the state fair. Guess what? Now he wants to play video games. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean he won't enjoy the other things, right? Right. But yeah. a couple of things that I took away from seeing the activation in person that I thought was really well done. First of all, was there wasn't a tournament going on the entire time. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to just hey take a break from the heat, you're inside an air conditioned environment. Shout out to your you and your team for uh, coming up with something that's inside an air conditioned. <laughs> um, but it's hot out there, you know. A lot of these state fairs, regardless of state, mm-hmm. it's during the summer. So you're able to go, your kid's not complaining because they're engaged doing the thing that they want to do. And then the other thing that was really striking to me that I I remember asking you was, how do you deal with all these different esports titles? Because Mm -hmm. they're different publishers, right? Right. And they don't always like to be next to each other. Mm -hmm. And because the space is owned, it's, it's a fairgrounds space. You're not having to pay those, like venue fees for every single day. And the answer that Gordon gave me, and I'll let you expand on this, Gordon, was each day was a different tournament with a different video game title. Right. So you didn't have to worry about, oh, Valorant is next to Halo or Rocket League or what have you. Share a little bit more about um, how you plan that out to make it flow so well, and also over the amount of time that you've had
1: too. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. And I and I think you hit it right on the head because we, we want each one of the games to stand out as its own star. So if we're going to do Rocket League, we're going to play Rocket League that whole day. So that's going to be the star of the day. So we didn't want to have conflicting titles of games going on. Uh, but what we did do is we had a free play area that never stopped. So while tournaments are happening, there's a free play area where anybody coming off the street can come in sign in and they can play whatever their favorite games are both on console or on pc and so that i think that was what made it really unique is that that even if the game that was being featured wasn't your favorite game you could go off to the side and with your friends play a different game but still we're not going to interrupt the highlighting whatever title uh game we're playing for that day and you got three weeks at a fair that's not easy like usually when we do a big event at an arena or at a different venue it's maybe two days or three at the most uh, hmm. So three weeks, it made sense for us to just let each game shine on its own without being, you know, having to try to mix titles in different days. So we we just give the schedules out in advance. Uh, you could scan a QR code to find out what was happening. And then we did a lot of like individual, like free, uh, like anybody could join type of events too that were happening outside of our bear cup. So the bear cup were oh, structured cool. for the schools specifically, but then we had, you know, public tournaments that were just happening off the cuff. So maybe we got 10 people sign up within the hour, or maybe we get 20. It doesn't yeah. matter. We're going we're to do it and give away some prizes for, for those public tournaments. So that made it fun for anybody coming in that, that saw what was happening and said, yeah. I want to be part of it. We would say, Oh, you can sign up today or tomorrow if you want to join a public tournament. And then they could sign up and, and jump right in and feel like they're part of the action. And I think that's where we, we plan to even improve those kind of experiences and then the the other thing that I think made it unique was we had a great anchor partner in Highlands Community Charter School that was right. doing they were doing simulations of job training through gamification and VR that they had set up kiosks so that even if you weren't playing games you were learning something and they were showing how that they do their driving schools for you know adult trainings for uh, you know big rigs and you know heavy equipment operation through VR technology. And so that brings that whole tech and innovation where it where it merges in the gamification uh, and the education side, and that I think really made it a, a special event because not only was it fun and engaging, but it was also educational all, all at the same time.
2: Mm.
0: And it's I, I really give you guys kudos because it's not just oh put on a tournament or plug some pieces, and it's it's the people. The company that does it, it really knows what they're doing. Who are engaged with the community, and that is absolutely you guys at CSI. Yeah. Um, you've talked a little bit about obviously the state fairs. Uh, you mentioned the the high schools, the college you've worked with. I'm looking at the logo on your your right sleeve on my left, I believe, and I believe, I think it's the other one. Yeah. Right um, and Kingsguard Gaming, which is the NBA 2K team for the Sacramento Kings. So you guys are also partnered uh, with an NBA team as well. Yeah, so I have, to,
1: I have to give big kudos to the Sacramento Kings and Kingsguard Gaming because for us as a company when we first started, it was doing uh, stuff in partnership with the Kings and Kingsguard uh, at the Golden One Center, which is a, one of the newest arenas in the NBA. So it's a beautiful location here in Sacramento. Um, and so for us to get to do our one of our first big uh, finals events at the golden one center a lot of the students had never been on that big of a stage playing in an esports wow. tournament so when they walk into an arena and their center stage and the jumbotron is all the way down on the floor they walk in like with this like i wish i just could like capture like, with each <laughs> face, like what each we saw like just going whoa like the excitement that they get being in that arena yeah. and like and then <laughs> even the king's guard were like hey we don't even play our matches in the center Center of the floor, like how did you guys how did you guys score that? So I'm like, hey, well, we need to plan something together to to do your NBA 2K games there too. So we're we're talking about that, but no, the the Kings have been amazing. uh We're hoping that we can be a support to them in promoting uh, NBA 2K as a game within the collegiate ranks. So uh, we're we're hoping to continue that relationship and see what CESI can do to promote. Other games because you've got your your five typical big games that all the colleges are playing right now. Uh, but there's so many other games that that could have a foothold in collegiate competitions if they were presented, you know, in different ways. So we're trying to help, you know, showcase different games and opportunities, whether it's like with the Kingsguard and NBA 2K or whether it's VR uh gaming, like doing competitions with VR, uh, doing some creative activities that kind of set us apart um so that no that relationship is is really really special to us and we're very thankful to have an nba partner like the kingsguard gaming
0: absolutely
2: yeah i'm i uh i again tip my hat to if there's one thing i'm asked the most is how do i get sponsorship <laughs> and um you know i really hope that you consider teaching one of our leadership courses We do 12 this next year on 12 topics. You really are uh, gifted in your relationship cultivation and collaboration. And um, yeah, I would love to know, what do you do? You know, what, how, how did this all, like, first of all, I loved, I would love to know how this all got started and what do you do for you to keep doing all that you do?
1: Oh, think well. Good questions. No, that that that's a good, a very good question. Uh, cultivating sponsorship is definitely something you have to work at. They're not just going like most big corporations or or companies that have the dollars to spend on sponsorship. You need to give them a value add for whatever they're going to to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to give you dollars towards your event how is it you can give them the marketing benefit how can you give them the pr benefit how can you how can you actually meet their company goals and objectives so you really have to tailor like your programs to meet your sponsors not the other way around we don't just throw them into our event once we have like sponsors engaged we try to tailor our event to what the sponsors are looking for so and I, and I don't mean that. That means the with everything. Like you can't be everything to all companies, but you can know the culture of the companies you're 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 showcasing, and you can you could find those commonalities and then and then highlight those. That's what we try to do at CESI. So I'll give you a good example. Alaska Airlines has been an amazing uh, sponsor of ours for like our last three big events. And what do they do? They help with travel. So all the universities come into our events. A lot of them were we're showcasing alaska airlines as an opportunity for their for their airline needs we try to bring them discounts and coupon codes and links to their specials so where it makes it doesn't always work for everybody but even if it doesn't that's meeting the need of a company like alaska airlines that that wants to showcase their brand and maybe people didn't know that they had a a flight going from you know one city to the other and once we highlight that through our event and we show our our participants, like using their, their um, airline as their, their airline of choice, then that becomes an immediate benefit. So that's just one example. But I think the the key really is relational too. you have to, you have to be able, you can't be afraid to reach out and, and ask the people you want to be part of your event. If, if you're seeing a corporate, a potential corporate sponsor that you, you know, oh, this, they would be perfect for this. And you get that gut feeling, then you got to yeah. go talk to them. You can't be afraid to, to reach out. Because I think most people are afraid to make the uh, the first call or the first Maybe. email, or whatever. So you've got, you can't be shy to make that first contact because oftentimes I think I'm just shooting in the dark. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if they're ever going to respond. And those are some, sometimes end up being my best partners. Like for sure. I'm glad you asked us because, you know, we've been looking for something like this. Like if yeah. you don't ask you're not good. Like you don't ask, you're not going to receive. Like that's my parents taught me that when I was a kid, like, I didn't know you're hungry. Cause you never said you were hungry. Right. So you gotta, you gotta go out and make the ask. And that's really the first step that gets the ball rolling. So you just can't be shy. You got to do it.
2: And that, that's one of the reasons why we, we, um, ended up honing in on the leadership focus, you know, that is leadership, literally just being, um, being bold, and yeah. being comfortable making that first, you know, introduction of yourself, you know that that takes something.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so, and I and I find I'm actually I love that part of what I do because I I get to reach out and meet a lot of times our community leaders, and they're yeah. they're they're really engaged. Like if you have companies in your city or your county that you know are active, that's where you go to first. Who who's already invested in your in your local area? I mean, those are people wanting to get you know, get together to do things. So, you know, there's so many, almost every community has its, has its strong partners. So just reach to those first locally that, you know, would be a good fit and then, then branch out from there just based on whatever you're trying to achieve. So we we take that to heart in trying to build relationships and, and then keep those relationships by delivering. Like we, we've been over backwards to make sure that we highlight our, our great partners at every turn. Like I wouldn't have won our social impact award with the ESTA if it wasn't for my partners. So that's mm-hmm. the first people we want to thank and recognize the Kings, you know, ViewSonic, Alaska airlines, raising canes, Sacramento you- River cats. Like these are the people that helped us build our company because they believed in us when nobody else did. So I, I want to, at every turn, I want to sh- give them a shout out because I'm so thankful for what they've done to help us grow.
0: Yeah, I think you make a tremendous point there of adding additional value to your sponsors. Yeah, And some people can see sponsorship as I'm so cool or I'm doing something so awesome or relevant that they just want to be a part of it, right? And we we hear it this often of like, I need people to support my passion. You know, (laughs) we hear that in all sorts of ways. And the truth of the matter... (laughs) is everybody needs a value add. And so the reason why someone sponsors you is first of all, that they are going to accomplish their goals, whether that's more sales or it's awareness or these other things, they're going to accomplish their goals more effectively if they pay you than if they don't, or if they pay someone else. Right. And so understanding like receiving those sponsorship dollars, that is when the work starts, not when the work ends. And then the, the other point I want to make, and I'm really curious of your perspective on this, Gordon, because you're so good at doing this, um, is taking the time to learn someone's goals before mm-hmm. you pitch them your service. Yeah, and yeah. Absolutely. I'll give you a quick example. When I was at GameStop, I I learned a lot about pitching because so many people pitched me, you know? <laughs> so I was like, this landed well. <laughs> that did not land well. Don't follow up with someone that often, you know, like <laughs> learning school, these people hit me up, no names, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. But um, so many people assumed what my goals were mm-hmm. and they said, oh, it's this and you've got to pivot to digital and X, Y, Z. And so I just got pitched all these, these pitches like to pivot to digital. And that was not our KPI because yeah. our, our competitive ad- advantage was the employee in the store. Mm-hmm the employee in the store knew games much better than the employee in stores that were our competitors. Yeah. Yeah. We could get someone in the store. They could help mom, dad, or the kid find the right game, the safe game for them sort of a thing. Yep. If somebody had taken the time and a few people did, but to say, John, what do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And they learned that and they came to me with a solution for that. I could find money for that. Yeah. Because it's a business priority, right? Set by leadership. Share a little bit about how you go about um, you know, from like reaching out to somebody and rather than just saying, I'm cool, give me money. What do you <laughs> say
1: instead? <laughs> no, that's that's true. I um I I learned the kind of the same thing throughout my career because I used to work for a chamber of commerce and we dealt on a number of different issues with a lot of great businesses, like all across the spectrum from tech to you know, your mom and pops, you know. Um so I I've always known that as a um, as someone dealing with business owners, that if if you're not talking their language, like why should they care? Um, so right. that's kind of where we 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 approach them. So um, y- yeah, we have inspiring ideas which we think are cool and exciting, but how how am I going to now take who you are and make it feel like that's part of what you are too, right? So right. when we're talking to a potential sponsor. We want them to feel like this is as much part as much part of their DNA as it is ours. Like we don't want to just be us; we want it to be a joined partnership. And so, when you can, when you can kind of draw on that commonality, um, I think it really resonates that you that you're recognizing where what their specialty is. If I bring in a food partner like raising canes, I let them showcase at some point their food. Like, I mean, that's what they do; that's what they're good at. So. I'm going to eat that a,
0: sauce. My goodness. That's I've sauce. never had it. Oh yeah. It's oh. fantastic. I don't so know we're if gonna, I
2: have it in Chicago yet.
0: I'm oh, gaining amazing. weight just thinking about
1: it. It's yeah, that it, good. It's really good. It's delicious. It's so manic- yeah, so Like For our, our competitors, like they get a, they get a chicken sandwich with that cane sauce, like they're in heaven. So that's what they do. And then they walk away with a smile because they got to share what they do. Right. So I'm not, you right. know, it's one thing just throwing up a logo. And I think you're right. A lot of people like Feel like oh i got this great sponsor and then they're just kind of it's a feather in their cap without realizing that's not the end of it you got that great that's sponsor the beginning <laughs> that's just the beginning how you're really is. happy you yeah. know um, how are you going to make sure that their their objectives are met like and mm-hmm. and we're not perfect at that either as a new company sure. a little, you don't always you know hit everything out of the park you know so we will if we we feel like we didn't live up to what we promised to sponsor I go back next event, following event and say, Hey, we're going to give you this for free because yeah. like, I feel like we give you enough at the last event. And they love, I mean, they're so thankful. They're like, wow, that's nice. We didn't even, you know, you didn't have to do that. And we're like, no, we, we feel a commitment. Once you've supported us, like we feel a commitment to those companies because mm-hmm. they don't have to, they have, but they have limited budgets that could go towards marketing. That could go towards a new employee. So every penny that they're spending is coming out of their their budgets for something so you have to value that investment that they're making in you even if they got tons of money to throw away that's that's the the misnomer i think that to me think oh they're a big corporation they can afford you know x x amount of dollars to help us out well that doesn't mean they're going to come back to you if you don't give them a value add so it ain't the charity budget yeah (laughs) the marketing budget the marketing (laughs) budget exactly and and of course Big corporations have different buckets for their monies too. So knowing right. how to go after different buckets of money within a company too, to know hmm. where they're coming from is important as well, because, you know, some have marketing dollars, some have like community outreach dollars, like that's a different objective. So if their their bucket is like reaching out to community, you got to f- help them reach out to community. But if they're just trying to get that logo in as many places they can within a certain amount of time frame, then do it. Just get their logos out. Yeah you know, anywhere you can paste it. So you have to know where their buckets of money are coming from, what their objectives are, what their DNA as a company is, what makes them special and how does that tie to your company? So we we take that to heart. We don't know, like I said, we're not perfect. We don't always hit it out of the park, but we try We try to uh, showcase what they do well.
0: Well, and I, I think your awareness of that and your, your, your striving towards that probably helps you you know, hit the bullseye more often than not, and then a lot of other partners. Um, second to last question for you here as we're rounding out our episode, is you're doing so much, which is so incredible and inspiring. And so if I'm a listener of this episode, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, you're doing stuff with charter schools, you're doing state fairs, you're doing colleges, NBA teams. This guy is mm-hmm. an incredible sponsorship guy apparently um (laughs) as good as i like to be (laughs) but the question i might be asking myself is how do i work with you Mm -hmm. so if i am these different groups can you help our listeners understand what is the most effective way to to work with you if i'm saying hey i want to put on a an event or
1: or something like that what's the best way to get that started uh, I think what I talked about earlier, which don't be afraid to reach out, like just connect with us, because um, we're going to be receptive to almost any any idea if it relates to esports. And so yeah. our 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 composite of our company is built around esports activity, education, and career pathways. So if it fits in one of those buckets uh, in any way, shape, or form, we're probably going to want to have a discussion with you. So, um, and especially if one leads to the other, like if if the esports turns into a job or a scholarship or a opportunity or a partnership to promote tech or innovation uh, or to help you know different communities out that don't have access to esports then we're gonna we're gonna want to listen to what you have to say so that would be my answer to that question is first of all don't be afraid to reach out to us uh, knowing what we do Um, we're always happy to engage in and collaborate
0: Fantastic. So if you are looking to put on an esports event, um definitely reach out to Gordon. What are the ways that people can connect with you in the way
1: that you would like them to? Yeah, if they go to our website, which is www.cesiesports.com. You can see what we're doing. You can you can contact us there. Um you can also go to social media and just search C E S I uh esports on on whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's Instagram, Facebook. Uh we post most of our events there. We we do a weekly uh local event here in Sacramento for whether it's a Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or we try to put on a weekly event at our rock and soul uh diner partner. Um so we're we're we always have local events happening. So we get people coming from you know far away sometimes just to participate and see what we have going on. Uh those are fun. So so just say look us up on social media through our website, through our Twitch channel, Discord, you know, all those typical. Uh, platforms that gamers love to go to we're on all of them so uh you can reach out to us and all those will filter to me or someone from my staff so we 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 love getting those messages um you know i try to respond to every personal message i get on linkedin and my profile uh, may not be immediately but i'll get i'll get back to you so don't don't hesitate
0: love that so those listening watching take that call to action reach out to gordon um i've experienced that it's not just what you do but who you work who you do it with that is That's so right. important and i can assure our listeners gordon and his team are wonderful people
1: um to work with so um with and that anyway, we, feel the same, we feel the same about esta and and just our plug too to those listening is yeah for those listening that we um not only have our Cesi activities but we're helping to spearhead a northern california chapter for ESTA so if you have general esports interests um and it's not directly related to college or high school still reach out to us because we can connect you through ESTA um you know all of our wonderful friends and partners um whatever activity you might be doing related to this industry it's it's just an incredible group of people
0: well, thank you so much. And part of the reason why our group has developed into an incredible uh, community is yourself and your team. Okay. So thank you for being part of that. Appreciate it. Well, with that, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to my next trip to Sacramento, um, yeah. some more uh, dim sum uh, <laughs> if you're up for it. And thank you for joining us today on this podcast
1: episode of the Esports Next podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks, Megan.